Hello, this is James Ippolitti, host of Out of Silence. I wanted to jump in just to let you know that you may hear that it is the Songsmith Podcast or Creativity Gurus Podcast. Season one of both of those have been combined to the name Out of Silence, and that will be the name moving forward for any interviews that I have about creativity. So don't be confused. Songsmith Podcast and the Creativity Gurus is now under one brand, Out of Silence. Peace. Have you heard about Anchor? It's the easiest way to make a podcast. I'm so serious. Super easy. Let me explain. First, it's free. There are creation tools that let you record and edit your podcast from your phone or your computer. Mostly, I'd use the computer, but I just did the phone, and it was super easy. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. And doing that yourself is a pain in the butt, so so happy they do it for me. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need, all in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Now, let's get creative. Welcome to Season 1, Episode 1 of The Creativity Guru. My name is James Ippolitti, and on this podcast, we talk about creativity. In this first episode, I speak with a longtime friend, Gina Andrioli, who is a filmmaker, author, musician, songwriter. We discuss all things creativity. If you enjoy this podcast, feel free to give me a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. And also, I'll put in the link below information about Gina's YouTube channel. And if you enjoy this, you can throw money in the tip jar at my Kofi. Link in the description. Now, let's get to the conversation. The word inspiration, you know, to inspire is like to breathe into, right? This Mm -hmm. kind of idea that there is something outside of us. Do you think that creativity has some level of a spiritual thing to it. And that's why we're kind of talking about the muse. Back in the ancient Greeks, it was like these nine goddesses or something. Mm-hmm. On your own creative stuff, do you have those moments where you're like, where did that come from? Because, you know, uh, a lot of people talk about maybe they created something and they no, have no idea how they got that or got to that place. With you writing now, do you get in those places where you're sort of just caught up in this and it feels like there's something else working with you? I know what you're talking about. I definitely have experienced that before. I, I think for me that that has mostly come through with poetry and music. Like when I write songs, which I'm, I'm not, like I say, I'm not a musician because I'm not like you. I don't really play instrument. I, you know, bang out a few chords on a guitar, but sometimes I'll just be, and it usually happens when I'm in like a pretty heightened emotional state, even like, you know, like a sad state. Like I feel like sadness to me is more connected to the muse than other emotional states. I remember reading Stephen King's book on writing and I know I think you've re- talked yeah, about it. Yeah, I have that. it right here, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, it's it's a really good book. Um and he's very very disciplined and of course very prolific. And he said if you, you know, if you show up the same time every day, you know, chances are your muse will too. I'm paraphrasing, but it's something like that. I definitely believe in that. Like I I try to write in the morning. I don't, 
Uh, that's my dog opening the door. Um, I don't try to, I don't do it every single day, but I do it most days. And sometimes like there's no divine inspiration. I would say most of the time there's no inspiration, but sometimes I'll just be, it usually happens when I'm driving. And if I'm feeling like sad or I would use the word depressed, just melancholy, I think is a more romantic word for it suddenly just a song or like a lyric or a poem will just kind of come through me. And I try to write it down. Like I don't write songs or poems that often, like it's not like a regular thing, but they have like come through me. And to me, when I do get that, I make sure I do write it down. I, I try to work out the chords on the guitar, very, you know, basic stuff. And then one of these days, I would really like to put all my songs together, all the songs that I've written, and maybe have some other people record them. Because I have written, in my lifetime, probably an album's worth of songs, but I just, uh, you know, not a musician, but those songs, Duke and Poems, kind of come through me. So those are the times when I really feel like the connection with the muse. That's And that's interesting you say that, because I've read things where there's, some people believe in the creative world that the idea of this melancholy or the suffering artist or something to that effect um, can be toxic. Uh, do you think, uh, you know, because some artists in the past, I forget who said it, but basically if you're, if you're um, content, you have a harder time creating. If your life is going well or things are just fine do you find that that do you feel that way about creativity that if your life is just going around smoothly and everything's good that it's harder to create because we pull from the dark areas or do you disagree with that well I disagree with that in that you know I do like a regular uh schedule of writing so um I'm not feeling sad every day. Thank God. You know, I mean, it's, it's work, you know, it, it really is work. Like I'm working on a a new story for one of my Wattpad stories. And I, I wake up and look at it and like, okay, I got to now write this next chapter. And, you know, I sit down and I, sometimes I put a timer on, I'm like, okay, I'm going to write a thousand words in one hour. And I, you know, to me, that's work, you know, Um, but it's fun work, but it's work. The other thing that you're saying I mean, I, I do I do think there's a toxic side of it. You can go into like this place where, oh, I've got to be suffering to yes. I don't I don't think that's healthy and I don't I wouldn't encourage that, but sometimes really getting down into some strong feelings where you find these uh, you know, like pools of truth or whatever, that's where you're gonna find a lot of the good stuff. And um Right. I think I think you and I have both matured creatively where we understand that you can have a life where you're content, but still know how to reach those deep areas, those wells, Mm -hmm. you know, of emotion and not have it become your life where I think a younger artist and, you know, I'm sure I was guilty of it in my youth of just like, you know, I need to I'm oh, I'm so, you know depressed and uh, I need to write and if I'm not you know if things got better then I probably would have nothing to write about you know 
Well, well, yeah, because um, I mean, one, I mean, one place that I find so much inspiration from is just in nature and just getting out and, and walking, like I go to Tyler park and, you know, I do like a hike and that, I mean, that's not being depressed, you know, that's, not, <laughs> that's being happy and healthy and, and being in, in tune. So it can, it can work that way through, uh, through, uh, that way as well. But the, the depressed, like you can be, you can get so sad or depressed that you become incapacitated, you right. know, and then you I can't do that. anything. I find that to be more true. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I'm not, I'm not recommending, but I, I guess what I'm saying, it's not even depression. It's like, it's strong feeling, you know, strong feelings and strong emotions, not suppressing them can, you can tap into uh, inspiration and art and, and let it flow through you and create something like I, in, in that way, like art is therapy, you know? Yeah. I, hundred percent agree with that. And that would be a whole nother, I think, uh, discussion, art and therapy. Mm -hmm. Uh, but since you've done a lot, you know, not just writing books and songs and, and also the web series and things with film, Mm -hmm. do you, do you feel like it's, it's all sort of connected the same way, like the way you find inspiration or is it different if you're going to be working on a film? Uh, cause you're, you're working with actors and you have, yeah. a lot more people involved than sitting there writing your book. Well, I think that you have to like, uh, I'll give an example. Like when I did the weirdness, which is a very, um, and I have it on my YouTube channel. Uh, it, it's, it's a, that was a very, uh, kind of, what is the word I'm looking for? Experimental. I was just kind of going with impulses in the writing process, mm-hmm. you know, when I was writing it, I was like, I, I don't know why this is, image is, is sticking with me, but I'm going to just use it. And it, it was, it was great. It was a great, I mean, I don't know, <laughs> you know, how the product is, but the, the, the process was, was really great, a great experience. But then when it gets down to actual, the brass tacks of, you know, making it, uh, that you have to be super organized. So you can't be, uh, you know, feeling it on the set when you've got like a job to do and you know I think it's it's a it's a process of being very disciplined and very logical like you have to be able to put it all together where do you think you learned that because I think a lot of artists and I see this a lot with uh all types of artists is they just sit back and they say, I, I feel I can't be inspired or I I'm waiting for inspiration or, you know, um, nothing's coming to me. Like, but you, as long as I've known you, you've been very disciplined in, in what you do. At, at what point, like, were, do you feel like that was a lesson you learned that, you know, Hey, you, and you brought it up several times that it's work and, uh, whether I feel inspired or not, I'm going to sit down and write, or I'm going to get this, uh, thing shot. You know, I have to say it, it really was a way of life for me growing up. That is how I think I survived a very <laughs> traumatic childhood. I don't know. Like we always, I mean, we, it, it was, I had a very crazy upbringing, but we were always creative you know, we didn't have, I mean, there was, 
we had, you know, one television with two channels on it and we had a, <laughs> you know, a stereo with, with albums and we would just all day long, like I'm thinking in the summer, we would be putting on plays, writing songs, drawing comics. We used to do this thing and I actually would recommend this as a, as a thing to do uh, as a, like a good sketching thing. We did this we played this game called draw draw ins and we like, it was kind of like a play. This was in the sixties when we were little kids. It was kind of mm-hmm. a play on the words like love in. It was a okay. draw in. That's funny. And we play the radio and I think it was WFIL in Philadelphia. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That was a long time ago. So, right, so we're listening to the radio and for the duration of the song, which is like four minutes, let's say you have to draw the song. Like you, we would like do, like a drawing based on the song. So if it was like a monkey song, we would draw whatever was happening in the song, like a quick sketch. And I wish that we had like kept some of this stuff because we would do these uh, these sketches. I mean, we, we would do that for hours. Yeah, that's amazing. And we would do elaborate musicals. And, you know, so, so it's not something I, I learned to do as an adult. It's something that I always did and I just never stopped doing it. And, and that's one thing I would like anybody who's looking to, to do art, I think back to when you were a kid and I know you grew up in a very creative way, mm-hmm. you know, think back to when you're a kid and it's like, just do that now, <laughs> you know, play, play as an adult. Yeah, I think a lot of people forget that, and I think mm-hmm. that's one of. I think it's Picasso that it's the uh, mm-hmm. the artist is the child who never grew up, or something to that effect. Um, yeah. So, when it comes to the muse, do you think there is some kind of divine invent intervention, or do you think it's just our brains kind of trained and things spark inside the brain? I don't know. It's a mystery. <laughs> I guess that's it's that's part of the mystery. I I think it there is a a divine kind of uh knowing that's not it's not purely logical. I know that. It's kind of a, a seeing of a, a feeling, a seeing something, a moment where something makes sense or an expression. See, I, that's this is where you and I will differ. And I'm not saying I know an answer here. I don't. That's why I'm I'm exploring this. I don't know if you read the book uh, Big Magic. No. I think you would like it. It's by it's. I never read Eat, Pray, Love, but it's the same author. She brings this up a lot about these type of things that would happen. And like you just said, it's it's a mystery. And I have, as a creative person, I've had those same mystical, weird experiences with creativity, and yet I don't believe in a divine thing so to me i'm curious as to what those things could you know like she looks at it in an interesting way as as if ideas are sort of these living divine things that are trying to find somebody to bring them forth into the world right Mm -hmm. and and i'm sure you've had an experience where you had an idea and you didn't follow through and then later you found somebody you or you heard about somebody who did that same thing you were thinking of doing. Yeah. And it you, always makes me really mad. Right. right? <laughs> that I was know. my idea. Yes. <laughs> and so she explains it in a way where it's like, sometimes these ideas, if you don't do it, they get impatient and move on to someone else who will bring them forth into the world. 
you know, I, I, well, I had, I'll tell you a quick story of sure. that happened to me recently about this. Cause I am also very skeptical. Like I, I, I'm open to these ideas of the mysticism, but I'm also extremely skeptical. And, uh, just recently, well, a couple months ago, I was, I, I had this powerful synchronicity where I was, um, I, I, for just, I was walking to the, the uh, post office and suddenly I just thought of the Dow symbol. Mm-hmm. It just kind of hit me. And I, you know, I, I mean, I've done a little reading about Taoism, but not that much. And as soon as like at, at the moment where that symbol filled my brain, I turned and I saw the symbol on the side of a, like on a, like a van, like painted on the side of a van. Like it was a logo or something. And I was like, okay, that's interesting. Right. And then like maybe a day later I started, I just had this impulse to search for jewelry and I don't even wear jewelry. Like I, I, ha- I wear one ring, my wedding ring. And I'm like, you know, I want to buy a ring. I, I'm thinking I'm going to buy a ring and something like with a moonstone. I don't know. I just started thinking of that. And so I went online and I was looking for rings on, you know, on Etsy and, I didn't really find anything that I liked. And then the next day, Joe and I are walking down by the river and I was telling him the story about seeing the Dow symbol. And just when I just finished the story, I saw this thing glittering on the ground and I picked it up and it was a ring with a Dow symbol and a moonstone. Yeah. I'm holding it right here. God, that's so weird. Yeah. I got it right here. And it, uh, you know, this is like, it's the ring is like really big. So I'm not going to, and I did actually go put it on Facebook to see if anyone lost the ring, but no one got contacted. So that, that brings up something again, that comes up a lot in creativity and in success and talking about life and things in general is this idea of manifesting things, Uh um, which I have a very hard time with this manifested, you know, that the book, the secret is all about that, you know, right. Right. You think hard enough on it. Um, But your example is exactly sort of what what they're talking about, right? You know, there's this Dow yeah, symbol in it, your head. I don't know if you can, you can't force that kind of stuff though. I think that's the problem with messages like the secret or yes. these, or there's a lot of shysters out there that will mm-hmm. tell you, oh, pay me this money and I'll help you find your twin flame or something, you know, like, like, and, and I think you remember from uh, Gemini Rising, the unicorn yes. character. I've always been fascinated by the, the fake, the false guru character. And I love making fun of that character, you know, because I just think they're so full of it. So I'm very skeptical about anyone who's like, Oh, well you just have to do this. And Oh, by the way, make sure you sign up for my, my, yeah. my, yeah, all the, all that. I hate that. I, that is to me against everything that, what I've learned through, through these synchronicities or whatever you want to call them. So why, why, and, and I think that the idea behind this sort of synchronicities and things like that and creativity and, and ideas and inspiration, is it, would that be a coincidence that that happened or is there something else? It's a strange occurrence, but could it just be coincidence? It could be. But I think it's like if if I find meaning in it, then it is a synchronicity. Like for me, 
I could have just kicked that ring out of the way and not even noticed it, you know, but the fact that I did see it and pick it up and made it into something meaningful to me made and it. So that did meaningful. become something meaningful to you? It actually did because I had been a, kind of on a spiritual path this past year with COVID, you know, kind of losing my job for the year and everything. It's kind of was a, a really good opportunity to get in touch with some of this stuff. So I have, not that I've become like a Buddhist or anything, but I have been, you know, open to these, to the flow. Like, I think that that's what the message was. And I know, uh, you know, Tao is all about the flow and it's, it's being in the flow and going with the flow and not forcing things. And I think that that is also good when you're approaching art. Yeah. There is a book called flow. I have read that book and it yes. is very good. And I can't pronounce the author's name. No, but. me neither, but it's really, <laughs> it's really good. And I read it that a long is. time ago, but it, I'd like to read that again. Yes. And the idea, and if you're a creative person, you have experienced flow. You absolutely have lost mm -hmm. time and been sitting. It's, it's an amazing uh, experience to be in it that deep to, yes. and to, I think, again, that is a therapeutic thing when when flow hits that it's absolutely just, yeah there's it's it's such a high you know and that's why i think that you know i mean this is probably a topic for a different time and i hope we will do this again but like being blocked being like a blocked creative or blocked artist is a, a real thing and opening yourself up and freeing that block uh, and and i think there's a lot of you know, self-imposed tension and, you know, maybe societal things that we absorb and family things that we absorb that you need to just get away from that. Like, like if you go, or I'll, I'll speak from my experience. Like if I start to write something thinking, is this book going to sell? I've killed it. Yes. You know what I'm talking about? Like, absolutely. You cannot, or if you're drawing and you're thinking of, Oh, this, this is sucks. And this is going to, people are yep. going to, yeah, you know, I, I've talked about this re this week, actually, mm -hmm. of people, you know, um, don't judge your self-worth on the, the end product, but judge right. that you're doing the work and that's all that matters. Like get in, get involved with that because you're right. And I think you understand as well that if you are open to it, there's not enough time to get the ideas you have in your head out. Right. Right. And it's the minute you start imposing those things like, oh, you know, is anybody going to like this or all or even the fear of it being good, any mm -hmm. kind of, of block. And mostly it's always fear um, yes. that will stop whatever this is. Whatever that flow is, it will absolutely get blocked. And I, I find. I guess this year for me, I I've been open. So I don't know, like, I don't feel like I'm blocked. I don't ever feel like. That's awesome. Not this. Well, this year, I mean, I've been mm -hmm. in place that place, but I think this year has just been um, just different. And I think being home and working from home and um, sort of not having the distractions of the, the world, mm -hmm. maybe that helped. I don't know. Um, well, I, it's, I mean, I think that this, the message that you're getting out on your, these short videos is great. I mean, I, I love, I, I, you know, did a couple of those sketches that you suggested. I love doing that stuff. In fact, it reminded me of doing draw-ins. It's like, yes. draw, 
you know, draw Paul McCartney. I never would have sat down and, and tried to draw Paul McCartney. It was awesome. Well, you that's know? what I'm finding. And you know what's amazing to me? I'll tell you, one of the, the greatest things is somebody who, who said they have got back into their creative part side of them, you know, because of these challenges. Mm-hmm. And and uh, I got to figure out something they're getting. This week is Danny DeVito. And it's so popular that I'm like not having enough time to that's do awesome. anything. But it is. It's very cool. And it helps people get out of that idea of what do I draw next or what do I create next? You know, um, it, Drinks the fun, it should be fun. Yes. I think absolutely. that's what we lose when we start to, and I think that's what blocked being blocked is, is you start to take it too seriously, you know, and you, well, you know, it, and it's like, I can't, Oh, it sucks. I can't do this. It's like, no, draw Danny DeVito. And it just, you know, I had a, I took an art class cause I like to draw as well. And, um, I had a, this was at U of Arts and I remember I hadn't drawn for a very long time and I was being kind of uptight about it. And I remember the the teacher said something that was so wise to me and, or he said it to the class and I, it was, it was like a brilliant revelation. He's like, don't try to draw a pretty picture. Just try to figure it out with your pencil. And I was like, wow. It's yes. so much fun. It's so much more fun trying to figure it out with your pencil. Like once you make that little click in your head about figuring out it, cause we're so programmed to like, you know, if you draw an apple, you draw the classic shape of an apple, but when you actually look at an apple, it doesn't mm-hmm. look anything like that. And you got to kind of do that. You got to unsee everything in the world. And then when you start looking at it fresh again, it's, it's beautiful. It's cause you're seeing everything. Yes. A whole new way, but yeah. it takes time. It does take time. And it also takes getting rid of that, learning how to drop the critical voice that's judging everything you're doing. I will say, though, and you brought this up earlier about the Internet, I think it's harmed us in, in a lot of ways. As, as there's a, you know, every technology has pros and cons. Um, but I have noticed as well that everybody compares themselves and we're not, I'm not talking about, obviously we all do this about, Oh, look how happy that family is. And then you see them on some kind of true crime story where <laughs> the guy kills his whole family. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but you see that, you see how beautiful other people are. They all look happy. I noticed that same thing is with art, with people who they're seeing other people's artwork and they're, and they immediately compare themselves and get down on themselves. Mm. And um, that's hard to, to tell people, Hey, look, you know, this, you're on a different journey here and you can't, whoever that is you're looking at probably has been doing this for 15 years more than you, you know? Yeah. Um, well, there's always going to be someone who's better at doing what, you know, I mean, if you're going to judge it on like, well, this, this drawing is much more like, you know, looks exactly like a photo of Paul McCartney or something, you know, that's, but you could do a really quick sketch and, and it could be genius, you know, it's yeah. just. Again, it's, I, I think that's, I think people understand that the longer they're around it, uh, art, I mean. Yeah. Um, you know, people go to the MoMA and some people get angry because they see some of this stuff and they don't understand it. And if you don't understand the art movements and why something became what it became, then of course, like, Mondrian's going to look strange to you and say, oh, I could do that on my computer. I know. I I, I did. I went to a, a, Joe and I had a friend of mine. We went to MoMA and she just, 
she was flipping out over like the Mark Rothko paintings. And <laughs> she's like, this is such a ripoff. And she was getting like really upset. Yeah. yeah I see and we were like, geez. Moment. Yeah. You can hear the conversations when you're there and you see like a Jackson Pollock and people are like, or, or even Andy Warhol. And it's like, look, I don't like, that's the thing I'm trying to, when I talk about it, and this is the same with music and the same with, mm-hmm. you know, uh, writing. It's like, we don't need everybody to be doing the same thing and right. Not everybody's voice is going to be the same. And right, so, how boring would that be? Yeah, absolutely. And it's not yeah. like there's a goal that you, you know, like, I mean, it depends on what you, it depends on what your goals are. Like now, I mean, that's why I was saying just to bring it back from the beginning about the muse, I think where I feel where I really, the muse really comes is where I feel the most free is the thing I'm the least, uh, I guess, uh, invested. Invested in that, that with music, it's it, it, because I don't, cons- I'm just like in a sandbox when, I, when it comes to music. I am, I'm like a, so free with it that I'm open to all kinds of possibilities because I have no preconceived ideas about me as a musician because I don't consider myself a musician. So when I, create a song it just it's there's something just very childlike about that process and it's beautiful and it's wonderful and I mean it might suck but like for me it's like wow I I can make a song even though I I have no idea what I'm doing it it, there there's something just really wonderful about that now but it you know it but to work on your technique like I've definitely put more work into like the writing so I've I've worked on that technique um that's that's more that's more like craft but it's all i don't know it's all related i think yeah i mean but i, I don't, think that the, the, like to not lose the fun aspect it has yeah. to be fun and you know to go back to saying i'm not a musician so that again that goes to where we have these labels where it's mm-hmm. like that's not necessarily true i mean if we go back before instruments and somebody was just doing like the vocal chants without that i mean that's a song right that's true that's true i shouldn't i shouldn't put that label on myself because um, i've i've written songs so obviously i can i am musical it's just not something i've developed like you have where you you know really play music musical instruments really well but well, yeah i mean that's the difference i i often say there's i look at it in a different way as a musician i think there are songwriters Mm-hmm. And I think there are musicians and I right. think they can be both, but they don't have to be. Yeah, that's true. Um, you know, I know people who can play an instrument really well, but they don't really write songs and they probably don't care to, you know, they just like, Hey, this is what we're playing. Okay. Let me play that, you know? Yes. Um, and and there's, there not, are, there's nothing wrong with that. Like not everyone absolutely. has to be able to write a song. And then there are songwriters who might know a few chords and they go into the studio and then they get all these other people to sit down with them and, you know. Yes. And that gets into the, and it's probably another topic, but the collaborative process is also something that can create, I think it can, that can bring in a muse. Like if, 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 if you, it's really clicking and that's a beautiful experience when you've got a group of people, it can also be really toxic. Yes. But, but you know, and I know you've been in bands and stuff, so you, you know all about that. When that is in flow, there's nothing like that. Yeah, it's rare. But it well, I think amazing. that that it, uh, like music with a band or even like you you've done filmmaking as mm-hmm. a collaborative thing that also if it's flowing well, 
it's great. But then you, you don't know. I mean, if you look at Jaws, mm-hmm. uh, it's always got to come up, I guess, somehow. Yeah. But all, all roads live, live back, lead to, back Jaws. to Jaws. But if you look at Spielberg's experience on there, it was an awful, awful experience. But when you connect the dots later on of why that movie works is because of all those awful experiences. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was a lot of weird things that kind of, because they were on the Island so long working was how they were able to get the writing and the characters. And because the shark didn't work, we didn't have that fake looking shark all the, like it would have mm-hmm. not probably worked had things not gone that way. Um, and so Maybe he wasn't, maybe he just, uh, Spielberg was like in flow and like determined to make it work no matter yeah, what. That is a, yes. I mean, he thought he was going to lose and never work again. Well, uh, so the stakes were really high, so he yes. had to do it. Yep. Yeah. I mean, it's an interesting thing. Uh, Cause you know, when you hear his interviews, he says, I think about two things, courage and stupidity. Right. <laughs> and, and that's sort of his thing. You're right. He had the courage to just do whatever he had to do to get it done. But he also was felt I was so stupid. I didn't know what I should or shouldn't be doing, you know. Um, but, so, you know, that's probably when someone does their best work in a way when when they're really on the tightrope. Yeah, I agree. I always suggested that he should take these directors who now can get whatever they want and give them like a $200,000 budget yeah, and see what they come out with. Cause I think that would be amazing to see what Spielberg would do if he's limited again. Constraints are wonderful. Yep. And that is another topic for creativity is, and I think that that's why your challenges are great because it's like, you know, draw this, you know, the constraint is you got to draw Danny DeVito, you know, right. <laughs> it's like, you've got to find a picture of him or think about what he looks like. That's a constraint. If you're, if it's, everything is open. Well, yeah, you know, I had, but I think that what's fun about doing the challenge is that it's, it's like a sketch. You have to, you know, this is another thing like the, the art teacher that said, try to figure it out. Another one is this, um, God, now I can't remember his name. There's like a YouTube writer. He's a, he's an older guy who's been right. He's been a Pulp Fiction writer for, you know, 40 years and has, written a thousand books and he he was saying you know when you and and I think this can apply to other art as well it's like when you sit down to write don't think I've got to write this think about it it's practice oh yeah it's practice and I think people don't sometimes don't see art that way and they should it's like when you have to well when you have to master like an instrument like if you're learning how to play piano you have to practice Writing is the same way or drawing, you know, it's, it's practice. So it's the taking the pressure off, like, I don't have to create this great, you know, amazing novel with all this pressure. It's just like, I'm going to sit down and write and I'm going to do my best. Yeah. I think um, going back to the child's mind, I think that as adults trying to get started with creativity, it's more, it's, difficult because they don't have that child's mind anymore and they're too impatient with the idea of practice yes and i like if you were to actually look at artists and that could be any art form um doing the behind the scenes it's not a very pretty thing we always want to romanticize the writer or the you know musician Mm -hmm. but like i look back when i was a kid i was doing scales you know and i was playing scales i was practicing just moving my fingers a certain way 
you know, writers write really bad first drafts that nobody sees, you know, mm-hmm. um, dancers. I mean, a lot of that I'm sure is getting, is stretching, you know, like, yes, repetitive uh, motions and yeah. training the body. And-, and so we see these final results. And when we're as adults and you get into creativity and you're like, I want to do this and it doesn't come out. You're right. If you got to look at it, this is a journey you're on, you know, you're not just going mm-hmm. to, you're, you're always going to be able to get better. There's always going to be someone better than you. And it's just, if you, I think it came back again to fun. If you're not having fun, why are you doing it? That's true. Like, you know, I mean, none of us could probably paint like Leonardo da Vinci or whatever, but you know, it's, if you expect it at the, your first time at bat, like the, well, this writer said, you don't, you know, someone who just barely knows how to play the piano is not going to give a concert at Carnegie Hall. It's just not going to happen. So, what? so take the pressure off yourself and be like, Oh, you know what? I'm going to practice this every day. I'm going to set my timer. I'm going to go into write for an hour. I'm going to be in the zone. I'm not going to be distracted. And you feel good about yourself be, or, or sketch for an hour or play guitar for an hour or whatever why do you it is. Think, why do you think it seems to be creativity is the only career, I won't, I'll use the word career, that people expect that? You don't, like if you're a lawyer, you expect, or a doctor, you expect you're going to do mm-hmm. what, put in whatever practice you have to put in before you ever become the head of some, you know, wing in a doctor's or a hospital. Uh, but in, in creativity... People don't seem to think that it should be, well, they also believe it's this natural ability. I mean, I think. Yes, I know. That's, that's, that's terrible. Well, I think it gets back to the inspiration. It's like, you know, it just comes over you and you're just going to be a genius. And it's like, no, it doesn't work that way. In fact, um, speaking of Leonardo da Vinci, he, um, you know, if you look at his sketchbooks, which is, are fascinating, you see him trying to figure this stuff out and, mm-hmm. you know, making mistakes, if you want to call them that. It's it's not, or or Michelangelo, when he, uh, you know, he wrote sonnets, he didn't just paint, and he, he, wrote, he wrote a sonnet about the pain of laying on a scaffold on his back and, you know, methodically painting over, you know, the section of the Sistine Chapel or whatever. It's like, <laughs> you know, it's work. You yeah. don't, you don't just magically become this. And, and it is, I mean, I do, I do believe in talent. Yeah. I mean, and that's another topic is, is talent. And I would also go into it saying genetically talented. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there is, I definitely believe it can be passed on, but only I would say the desire and and the I don't know if you have a head start. I, I'm not sure. There's definitely something, but it it might be that you have something in you to that because it really comes down to working at it though. Even if you have the talent. Um, well, I mean, I, I well, I thought it was interesting, James, that your dad was an artist, and I thought that that sketch you did of his of him as you know painting was really good. Yeah, I, and I I agree. My grandfather was a musician, you know. Um, I, but 
I don't like, I know what I was like when I first played music. Right. And I mean, I've sketched a lot in my life. I don't like, again, that to me is like sort of how you were talking about music. Like art to me is like fun for me. And, Mm -hmm. and I like doing it. I like learning and, and trying different things. Um, but I, did I have a advantage? No, I, I, whatever I'm doing now, I had to work at, I had the same struggles, I think that other people have had. Yeah. I'm like, I'm, I guess I'm not saying that you're born with it, but it's like, I mean, I think there's a, I think that you're born with uh, maybe talent is more like an interest. And if yeah, you're that's in, what I was trying to say in an yeah. environment where it's encouraged, then if you sit down with your kid and draw and, you know, it's, you know, for us growing up, it was a way of, it wasn't, you know, it was just something we did. Then you do that, you know, it's something that you do. And the sooner you can do it, I think the better it, it's just, it's creating that zone of creativity. Yeah. I think where you know, someone's it, safe to be creative. I don't think it's a mistake that Stephen King and his wife have kids that write as well. You know, no. um, she's a writer. He's a King's a writer. Joe Hill's a writer. Owen King's a writer. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and, and I personally like Joe Hill's work better than his dad's. Um, uh, I've only so, read one Joe Hill book, which I thought was very good. Was that the heart shaped box? Yeah. Yeah. I, I like love that, that one, one a lot. Yeah. But I, uh, I, I would definitely read more. Yeah. And, I think that the, the, the environment, I think having a parent that does it gives you this feeling like, well, I can do this, this too. Right. Yeah. I remember as a parent, I remember someone saying something that stuck with me was if you want your kids to do something, let them see you do it. Mm -hmm. Right. I mean, if you you could take your kid to guitar lessons and all you want and they probably won't care, but if you want them to play guitar because you play guitar, they just need to see you doing it and they'll probably have the interest in doing it. Right. Absolutely. And, uh, Absolutely. And my grandfather was a musician too. My Irish grandfather played fiddle. Yeah. It, it's, it's a sort of, I think it's also a, I don't know, a, a family thing. It's a way of processing emotions. Well, I believe everybody's born creative. I just do believe that. So everybody has the ability to be creative. I don't think. That's, yeah. Everyone has an ability to be creative. Right? I and I think you're right. If you're, if you're in an environment that encourages it and, and supports it, you're going to, it's going to appear as if it's, Oh my God, well, his dad was an artist. So, so, well, yeah, but you grew up around that and we all have the ability to it. But if you're in an environment that's not encouraging or, or frowns on it and says, Oh, you got to get a real job. Um, you know, that's going to be but, hard well, for that- you. That is another thing, and maybe that's a separate topic, is that message of that negativity you get from creating art where, oh, well, that's, you know, there's, I, I think that's why people drop it when they become adults, because there's a lot of shame attached to it. Yes. Well, you know, this isn't getting you a job. How are you going to make a living doing this? And it's like, geez, I'm just drawing. I'm playing the guitar. Right. Like, and there's that, that you know, starving artist. I mean, where does that come, you know? Um, and it's, you know, I had actually posted something this week too, saying like back in ancient Greece, you know, being an artist was a very important thing, you Mm -hmm. know, um, and now you have to kind of explain why art is important. 
And yeah, uh, and when and when someone decides, you know, to major in art or yeah, theater, look, like I did, it's like, oh God, how are you going to make a living doing that? You're right, like, right. Uh, Might as well just throw your life away. Yeah, that's pretty heavy. That's like a heavy thing to put on people. It's huge, yeah. It's huge, and it's it's discouraging. And you know what's even more painful is, and you will know, understand this as well. If you are that kind of person, it's not something you can turn off. I agree with you. In fact, I remember you and I had this conversation many years ago. And I remember you, you and I think you were exp- coming from a place of frustration. So you said, I, d- I wish I didn't have this yes. <laughs> desire. Do you remember that conversation? Absolutely. I always say this. I wish I had the desire to be a garbage man. <laughs> I just wish that was my desire, you know? I'd be happy and content. And although now I think I'm not, a, I'm not as frustrated as I was then, but, mm-hmm. um, and I think I understand better. And I wish I, you know, I think growing up, um, the things that I struggle with mentally were never acknowledged as far as even in the world, not just my family or anything like that. Mm-hmm. But you just, if you had something like ADHD or depression or, you know, anxiety, that stuff wasn't diagnosed. It was just like, uh, yeah. you know, and so you, you live with this and then you're, you're not able to, you know, function properly in the world. And, you know, you got this creative urges and it's just a big, it's a big mess. And I think, you know, it took me a while to get it together, but. Um, yes. And, you know, and I, and I know so many creative people like, you know, and I know we're all part of this kind of creative community. It's a loose community, but we're definitely connected. And, you know, one thing that I've always tried is encourage people to be creative, you know, and I love what you're doing because you're encouraging people to be creative because that, that message you get, either if it's from your family or from society, or you internalize it when you feel like a loser because you're artistic I've yeah. seen that play out in my own life. I've seen that play out in people I know, their lives, you know. Um, I, I mean, I hope you wouldn't mind me sharing the story real quick, but, you know, no. my friend Greg McGarvey, uh, and you know him. Yeah, He's talented, one of the most, a very talented musician. Yep. Yeah, and, and visual artist, you know, one of the mm-hmm. most creative people I know, and I've known him since he was in high school when he was, you know, he was in one of my classes, but, you know, I've, I've always encouraged his his creativity and he's and he has like been he's allowed himself to be create to live a creative life you know and I remember when he did this he did an album that just he worked on it for a long time and it, it just came out you know maybe six months ago it's mm-hmm. called count the colors it's it's his he had a girlfriend named Marcella who died of cancer and oh. so it's a tribute to her and it's all, like songs that are all about, you know, her and the relationship and, and different things that he was going through and they were going through together. And it's really beautiful. And um, I will link it below um, when I post this on my channel, but it, it's great. But I remember seeing him, we met for coffee. This was all during COVID. So I hadn't seen him for a long time. We were like us, you know, socially distancing at the coffee shop. And he just had that, and I could relate to it so much. And I, I know you probably have seen me in my, you know, having my artist ten, temper tantrum or whatever, but he was just going through that emptiness you feel 
when you when you create something, especially when it's like a big project, like a film, mm-hmm. or for him it was an album, and you put it out there and you get crickets back, you know? Yeah. And I, you know, I just kind of sat with him with that and I knew exactly what he, he was going through. And it's not like that people don't, you know, didn't love it, but it, but it's like, you don't get a lot of, you don't get a lot of love back. You know, I mean, you are, that's a a big part of the creative process and you put it out there, you you, you put a book out and you think, Hey, this is pretty good. And no one buys it. No one reviews it. And it hurts. You know, it really, really hurts. And it's, it's a very, you need, you need courage to create. You really do. Especially if you're going to put a product out that is like your raw emotions, which I know with Greg, it was, and it was beautifully, his record is beautifully produced. And, and I, I know that he has his fans. So, you know, people do appreciate it, but it's like, we don't live in a society where that kind of work is celebrated. And I think that's really, really sad. That's absolutely true. Um, we don't live in that society. I don't know if that will ever change is we need to separate ourselves from that expectation because mm-hmm. we have no control over that part of it. And I mean, we can do our best to market it and put it out there and, and keep doing it and keep marketing it, but we can't have our self-worth be reflected based on how people respond to it. You know, I, uh, I agree. And, and you know what, it that, what, what helps with that is you do develop a thick skin by just putting it out there. And then afterwards you don't care anymore. It's yeah, like, I'm I, just going to put it out there. I honestly think the answer to that is to work on something next. Yes. Is to just move on to the next thing. It's out there. You know, you do your promotion or whatever, but that's out there. It's, and the nice thing is compared to years ago, it's there. And you don't mm-hmm. know if maybe a year from now, somebody notices it. Yep. You know, and that's the beauty of kind of the internet now. You know, I can put something out there and someone may discover it. I mean, I don't know what I told Greg, but I think I did kind of tell him that just, you know, just keep, and he knows that, like he got over it, like he, he recovered, but it's just that, that rawness that you feel. Well, yeah, you're putting yourself out. You're basically opening up a vein, you know, and. And people are just like walking over the blood on the street and just walking past you as you're bleeding on the ground. You know, there's a callousness, but you, you get, you get stronger. And, and I mean, I know some very professional artists who like put work in, you know, galleries in New York and and they go through it. You know, it's, I think everybody goes, I'm sure Steven Spielberg goes through it. Like every, it doesn't matter how successful you are. I think there is that feeling of, you know, hey, I'm opening, I, I'm putting myself out there. I'm opening myself up. Why doesn't anyone care? You know, I mean, that you know, is a I, real thing. Yep. I think that's another reason why I want to continue like on these little blurbs is because I think if it's, it's always been that, but I think it's actually, I see a lot of it now, a lot of it of people almost being like quickly heading that way. Like the, it's not like quickly heading people, what way? Like, a like feeling down. discouraged. Yeah. Like, yeah. A, like it's like, boy. Um, and you know, 
I can see it. I mean, you, on TikTok, you will have somebody who has a song and all of a sudden that song becomes viral on mm-hmm. there. And, and these people, you know, and you got to look at somebody else. And this, everybody says that somebody's just dancing on TikTok and they got 5 million views. And I've spent 70 hours on this drawing mm-hmm. and nobody cares. And this yeah. is like a constant thing that people keep talking about. And yeah, like, uh, yeah, like I'll put a, a link to something I've, you know, a book that I've written or a film that I've made or whatever on, on Facebook, let's say, and I'll get crickets. And then I post a picture of my dog. <laughs> you know? Well, come on, you can't compare yourself to Lily. Come on. I know. I do what have do a great expect? I do have a great dog. But you know, it's and I think that in the early days of like let's say Facebook, that stuff would have been when I was like doing Gemini Rising, I would I definitely you have to go through that period, I think, of taking that stuff personally in a way to get to the point where you could just kind of laugh it off. Yeah. And, and that's I, part of doing the work. Yep. Yeah, I mean, you know, you've heard this even before the internet, how a lot of uh, creators just said, I don't write, read the reviews, Mm -hmm. you know, you just go and you do your thing and and it's out there and for better or worse, and then you move on and work on your next thing. That's another thing. I mean, I know as a writer, like your first really bad one star review, which I have gotten where, you know, someone writes like a huge paragraph, you know, several power, like a, you know, an essay telling you how much your book sucks. That is trial by fire. You know, I think every, you have to go through that. And now, I mean, it used to really, it would bum me out and, and ruin my day or my week or whatever. And I really, not that I don't check them every once in a while, but it's nice to get to that point where you don't really care. Well, you know, it's interesting as well. And I know I think this way is I can have 600 positive reviews, mm. right? And I'll say, ah, oh, they don't know what they're talking about. And then you get this one that is a horrible review and you'll be like, well, oh my God. I, they see like, right through me. Right? Like, <laughs> Why do we put any weight on that? But the, all the positive reviews, we don't put that much weight on. We're not like, you know. And, well, that's and a not, really good question. I think that's a universal thing though. Yeah, I do too. But I don't think, you know, I think, you know, if you read some of these things, you just say, look, you can't, you can't put any weight on either of them because if you go too far one way, you're going to have a big head. And if you go the other way, you're going to be depressed all the time. You know, so you just don't even bother with them. You know, you can say, oh, that's nice. You know, I mean, it's, I'm glad somebody says something, you know. Yeah, that's why I like a site like Wattpad because, and I'm very active on that. It, it's not so much you get reviews, but you get, like, if someone really loves your story, a lot of times they'll let you know. And that's a really nice thing. And you can, like, write back to them and you can talk to them. And that yeah. that's, like, have that connection with someone who, got what you were saying and actually took the time to read it and they got a lot out of it and they let you know that's really beautiful and that and that's what's great about the internet that's that's that uh particular website that platform is very positive yeah and you know i think also um coming from a place uh being older where we had a life before the internet Mm -hmm. thank god (laughs) <laughs> yeah. But I also know how difficult it was for distribution prior to mm-hmm. that. And for you to have an audience that was not, you know, you were forget about it back. In, no, the gatekeepers. Were, yeah, it was, yeah. And everything. I have songs I put up and I like, again, I don't care. I, I record a song. I put it up like on streaming services. It's there. Somebody listens to it. That's like, wow. I mean, 
I have like, uh, if a hundred people listen to it, I'm like, that's a hundred more than would have ever heard it, you know, back in mm-hmm. 1987 or something, you know? Um, I think that's the the beauty of where we are. Oh, I, I do too. I think it's, I think it's a very positive thing. I think it's, it's created in a lot of ways, a, an artistic awake, you know, it's a renaissance of creativity that's why it should be celebrated. And, and even if you're not making money, which, you know, is another separate thing. It, yeah. it's, it's like, get, get your work out there, get your art out there. And like, not that I'm saying that writers shouldn't be paid. And this is maybe another topic too, because I know people have strong feelings about that. And, and I, you know, I would like to get paid for my books too, but it's like you, that, it has to have value for someone to, to be willing to pay for it, you know? And well, that, that's a, a whole, a whole other topic, topic that I, <laughs> I have heard every angle of this. No, yeah, there are a lot of angles and I have some different opinions about it. You know, I don't, I don't, I, I don't have one set idea about that. Yeah. It's really, really difficult. A lot of artists on, on TikTok argue about this too, about, <clears throat> You know, uh, some will get angry if you charge too little. Others will get angry if you charge too much, you know, and, you know, it's some, and especially if you're saying, oh, I'm going to give it away for free. And, you know, then what are you doing? You're right. I, I, I think there's some things in there. I think as long as you have a strategy of why you're doing what you're doing, it's okay. I know. Um, because I, it always makes sense why you would give something away for free, you know, or why you would charge less to kind of that gateway drug type thing, you know? Yeah. I mean, I know some artists, some people who make a living as artists and they get very angry and express themselves, you know, on Facebook, let's say that, you know, I work really hard to make art and these people are giving it away for free. I think it's up to the artist. If you want to, you know, put it on like Wattpad, that's a free site, do it. You know, it, it doesn't, no one can tell you that you can't give your work away. I mean, my sister is, my older sister's a very good painter and she would said she would never charge for her painting. She, that's, that's she, for her, it's like a spiritual thing and, and it's an expressive thing and she'll give them away, you know? Yeah. That, and that's her choice. It doesn't, it doesn't mean that someone else, you can say, well, it drives the price down. It's it's like, I don't know. That's that's a whole, it's a different kind of thing. Yeah, I don't know if I agree with that because it's it's who you are and what you value yourself as, um, as an artist. And if you feel like you're right, like it's a spiritual thing and I've done this and I'm paying, because I would even argue that on Wattpad, and I have been thinking a lot about this, and there's a uh, Black Mirror episode about it that, the followers and the likes is a type of currency now. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. And so, um, you know, if you get enough followers and enough likes, that's just going, that's a currency that you can then use to get to another plateau. So. Yeah. It's, it's also like a trust, you know, like one thing I have a YouTube channel and I would never, even though I'm eligible, I would never run ads on my videos just because I don't want to, I don't want my, the people who watch my videos to have to sit through the ad. Cause a lot of times I won't watch videos that run ads. And that doesn't mean that I don't value my work that I put on YouTube, but I don't expect to get paid. But some of those um, 
people that watch my YouTube channels will buy my books because they like me or they, you know, they're curious or whatever. Yeah. So it's, I don't, it, for me, that is a purely fun thing. Yeah. It, I just got something in the mail today to, and I got to do selling stuff, but it doesn't necessarily have to be like every angle I'm like making money, you know? Right. Yeah. I got something in the mail today from an artist who's like, thank you for your support. And it was like these three different little art things that was drawn. Um, oh, that's cool. I thought it was really cool. And I'm like, like, wow, you, gotta... like an actual piece of mail. Yeah. Yeah. That's in the mail. Awesome. I know. Um, so yeah, I mean, there's, there's those things that I really value that, you know? Um, well, yeah. And then the community, the horror community that I'm part of, we, I've had people send me books. I've sent them things like, uh, this lovely girl, um, uh, Merce from Harpies in the Trees, the girl in Berlin, did this, sent me a a, a bookmark of my Batilda character. So I had oh, those printed. Great. Yeah, it's it's a great creative community. And I don't know if, you know, not saying that you shouldn't get, artists shouldn't get paid, but that's a different topic. And it's also kind of a different level of maybe that what we're talking about, you know? Yeah, I mean, we're talking about, yeah, the creativity thing and and... You know, I'm sure at some point that there's there's a couple of things I am trying to um, I wouldn't say avoid, but I think there's people who talk better about it than I would as far as the business side of the mm -hmm. arts, you know, and um, I'm not there to discuss that, you know. No, um, I don't. I, well, I'm no expert at that either. I mean, I, I have made money selling books. Like the anthology that I put together is sold really well, but I'm that's all going to charity. So, you know, it's not going into my pocket, but it that taught me about kind of creating a product that was easy to market because yeah. of the way it was a collaborative project. So if, you know, all the, the, the authors who were part of that uh, anthology combined, we probably had a hundred thousand followers on YouTube. Right. So it's spread more and people are interested in this writer. Maybe they're not interested in everybody in the anthology, but they like this guy and they, they like this girl or whatever. And that taught me a lot more about marketing, you know? Yeah. That um, reminds me of uh, back in, well, early nineties, probably late eighties, early nineties, there was the battle of the bands in Levittown. They had a, oh, right. what was it called? It was the uh, dugout. It was called the dugout. I remember right, that right, place. Yeah, yeah, right up past five points. And what they would do is they'd have like five bands play because they knew, and it would be like a Tuesday night or something like that. And we all had to have these little cards that we gave to our friends. So when they came at the door, they would hand the card of the band. Win because you were good. You won by the most amount of people you brought to the thing. Right. And it was, it was definitely an amazing marketing thing because they filled the place every single time mm -hmm. because everybody was trying to bring as many friends as they could. And, yeah. uh, yeah, yeah, I definitely think, uh, and I had talked about this. I think we, I'm hoping we can end with this, but I am hoping because I feel like there was community before the internet in the art community. I, I remember just being in bands, but uh, it wasn't just musicians we hung out with. It was, you know, there were writers, there were artists, we all hung out and then the internet came and it felt like everybody felt like, oh, I got my own like 15 minutes of fame channel and I'm going to focus on that and not worry mm -hmm. about anybody. And I feel like we're, I'm hoping there's a turn we are at that people are realizing that we need community. Well, we, yeah, we definitely, we definitely do need community. 
And I think, I mean, I, I feel part of a community online with just the horror stuff. And then yeah. also locally, I mean, hopefully we'll get this going for next summer at the salon that we yeah. did every year in the, in the film the music scene here and doing the films and stuff like there, like, and I know we're all part of this like Bucks County, Philadelphia kind of art community. The, that actually, the actual community is really important. Yeah. I, like I supporting each other. Uh, you know, like my friends, my art friends up in New York, Ken and Alexis, they would always be going to their friends opening and, you know, theater people I know would always be going to their friends' plays and it was just something you did. And I think it's, that's really important to keep that going. And I think with the, with the internet, it's like, Oh, well come and see what I'm doing. It's uh, it needs to be a lot more. Yeah. And I think maybe, maybe COVID has caused so many people to sort of reach out online as opposed Mm -hmm. to what we never did before, because before you're right, come and see what I'm doing. But now we're all kind of like missing everybody. And mm-hmm. maybe has forced people to realize I need to go and, you know, support other people because I'm by myself and this sucks. You know? <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, I mean, I've, I, I'm well, hoping. It, well, when I, I don't know if you remember, I think you do. When I went for a year, I did those film screenings at my studio every Friday night. Yep. I mean, I, I did it as a social experiment. I pretty much did it. Oh, I, I rarely did. I miss a Friday and I did it. You know, it was a lot of hard work and, what I learned from that, though, was a little discouraging because people would show up for their film, which, yes. they've, which they've watched a million times, with their friends, and then they would leave when the next film would start. Yeah. And it used to really piss me off because I was like, hey, you know, watch. It's not just about you. Well, that happened at, as a musician as well. You would mm-hmm. go and play and you had it. You know, especially if um, you opened. Uh, yes. No one would come and see the opening act and you'd be like, they're all here for the other band. And it's like, you have like your friends and either if you, if you're not the main show, right? It's like, mm-hmm. you would hope, hey, because they would always, oh, if you're after the main act, they'd be like, hey, stay around for them. And nobody stays around. Or you're there before. Nobody shows up until the other band goes on. Um, and you might be missing someone really great by, you know. Yeah, I don't know if it's a, 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 I felt like New York was better at it than Philly. I mean, mm-hmm. I honestly felt like New York's bars, people went to experience new stuff. Mm-hmm versus philly no one comes out it's a sports town you know if you're not watching the eagles then you're not you know yeah because i'm sure like the like a band like heart probably opened for the who or something you know like i don't know i don't know if that's true but you know heart opened up for santana um oh hey there you go they there's a back way back in the day it was on channel 12 pbs it was a it's an hour long and it was a heart Santana concert for the Americas. Wow. And I have to look that up. Uh, yeah. The heart was amazing. Unbelievable. Well, they always are, but, mm-hmm. but this was, they were really young and they were opening up for Santana. And now this is, this was not, I wasn't like watching it live. It was like a pre-recorded. I don't know when it was, but I remember watching on channel 12 and I was like, how is this an hour long? Like, 
Hart played. So what happened was Hart played for a half hour to open up and Santana got on and played for a half hour. And then a thunderstorm came through and they had to stop. Oh, wow. But it was a great thing because you're, you're like they're playing. <laughs> yeah, you got to watch them. Yeah, check it out. It's Concert for the Americas, Hart and Santana. And it's just like watching Santana play with all their bongos and stuff and then just storm rolling in and just thunder and lightning. And you're like, what? You know, it's like, wow. you know, because you know how like it's sort of this trippy sort of mm-hmm. trance. Uh, yes. And then the storm, it was just like, I remember I never forgot watching that on uh, PBS. But yeah, Hart was really good for that. So, all right. Well, that has been a lot of fun. That has been great. It's been a great combo. I hope that we uh, come do this again with a different topic because it seems like we have a lot to talk about. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff to talk about. 